Aligning our thoughts with God's can be difficult, especially when we believe the lies from our minds. This is the sixth message in the series, It's Time to Change Your Mind. This message is entitled, Eliminate the Lies. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. As I said, we're wrapping up our series next weekend on It's Time to Change Your Mind. And tonight I want to talk to you about eliminating the lies in your life. We've been looking at the whole idea of how to change your mind. What does the Bible say about our thought process? And as you, and you and I have been looking at Proverbs 4.23. Why don't we read it to, again together loud and loudly? It's our theme verse for this series. Perhaps you've memorized it by now. This is from the New Century Version. Read with me aloud and loudly. Here we go. Be careful what you think because your thoughts do what? Run your life. That's pretty serious, isn't it? Whatever's running your life, you need to pay attention to because it's setting the direction of everything that you do. How you think, the Bible says, really is setting the course of your life. Your brain is the hardware of your mental capacity, but your thinking is the software. It actually operates what you do in life, the decisions that you make. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, the Apostle Paul told us the kind of thinking that we need to have. He described it clearly. He said, finally, brothers and sisters, he gives us a checklist, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, note what it says here, think about such things. So he gives us eight things to think about, eight filters, we might say, that we're to put through our minds as we make choices about our thinking. In this series so far, we've talked about adjusting your perspectives, how valuable it is to make adjustments to the perspectives that you have. That's a part of your thinking. We talked about our expectations, how to adjust our expectations of God, to have hope in God, to believe that He wants to do something very real in your life. We talked about our attitudes, the importance of attitudes. We talked last weekend or weekend before last, was it last weekend I believe it was? We talked about commitments. Was that last weekend? We talked, it's been a long week for me, so it's been hard to remember quite where we were last week, but commitments we talked about last weekend, and today I'm talking about eliminating the lies. So if you take the first letter of all those words that I've just given you, you come up with peace. Perspective, expectations, attitudes, commitments, and eliminating the lies from your life. Anybody want to live in peace? I do. Okay. You'll never live in peace unless you learn to think the right way. Your life will always be disturbed unless you learn to think the right way. This is what produces peace. And part of experiencing this peace that God wants you to experience is to eliminate some things from your life, to eliminate some things that are getting you in trouble in your mind. I want to share with you four things tonight that will help us along this particular journey. The first thing that you and I need to do, is a very uh, important step to take, is to be aware of the origins of your thought patterns. Your thoughts don't just show up in your life. They have origins. They come from somewhere. I've told you before that uh, every 24 hours, you're having somewhere between 50 and 70,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot of thoughts. That's about 2,100 to 3,300 thoughts every hour if you include all 24 hours. And of course, some of that hours, uh, seven or eight, six to eight of them hours, you're sleeping. And even though your brain is active, you're not actively engaging in, in, in your personal thinking during that time. So actually, your active daily life even has more thinking than, than, than we're, we're speaking of here. 
And so there's a lot of thoughts going on in your mind. And some of these thoughts are, are not particular, particularly noticeable or they're not troublesome. They're just thoughts. You have stuff that flies through your head from time to time and they really mean nothing. They're just a part of living everyday life. You have a thought about this. Isn't that pretty? Or, wow, what's going on here? These kind of thoughts happen during, during the day. And these kind of thoughts are not worthy of our attention, but there are some think, thoughts that you think that are worthy of your attention. Any thoughts that are affecting your key decisions or affecting your emotions or affecting your interactions, uh, are they negative or destructive in nature, you need to pay attention to where those are coming from. Some you don't need to worry about, but there are some that you need to pay attention. Where are these thoughts coming from? And these thoughts are what I would call here thought Patterns. Say that with me. Not just a thought that you have, but a pattern of thinking. It's different. I'll show you in just a moment an example of this in the Bible. Your thought patterns, we might also use another word for this, would include what we might call your mindset. Every person here, you already have certain ruts that run in your mind. You have mindsets. I told you before that as you think about certain things over a period of time, then you create certain patterns in your brain, certain actual physical ruts that develop in your thinking, and the firing of those neurotransmitters happen, and as what's been said, what fires together, what uh, begins to link together in your mind, and so you have these thought patterns that begin to be very automatic, and you begin to develop a mindset. You've heard it said before, oh, that person has a negative mindset, or that person has a positive mindset. Uh, we could go on and on about various mindsets, but they're very real, and you need to know where they come from. Let's look at an example of mindset in the Bible. In Matthew chapter 25, uh, we'll look at uh, some individuals that had varying mindsets. This is the story of Jesus talking about the, the talents being given to three different men. Again, it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. So here are some guys that receive something from their, their overseer. One guy gets fat, five bags of gold, the other gets two, and the other gets one. And the, basically, the master, the employer says, I'm going away on a journey. Do something with what I gave you according to your ability. And then he left and went away. The man who'd received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. Let's stop there for a moment. Would you agree that if the master, if your employer, if someone gives you five bags of gold or two bags of gold and they say, do something with this, and they don't really tell you what to do with it, but the implication is you're supposed to invest it and do something that makes more money for the, uh, for the employer, then you have to have some kind of mindset in you to do that effectively, right? And both of these first two men, the man who received five bags of gold and the man who received two bags of gold, they had the right mindset. Say it with me, the right mindset. Their mindset was, let's go at once and get busy doing something because we want to take what we've been given and we want to multiply it. We're going to do something. We have a belief that we can make this thing better. We believe that we can do something with what we've been given. You know, there are a lot of people in the world that have tremendous blessings, but they never do anything with them. They never turn their life in any positive direction. They have great opportunities, but they never really use their opportunities. Why? Because they have the wrong mindset. 
But these two men had the right, right mindset. Let's take a look at the next guy, though. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and did what? Everybody say wrong mindset. This man didn't get it. He took what was given to him, and instead of being able to invest, he was afraid, as we'll see in just a moment, and he hid. See, that whole idea of hiding represents the fear that was in this man's life. It's very vital to understand this. Take a look now at the next verse, and verses in chapter 25, verses 24 and 25. Then the man who received one bag of gold, this is when the master finally comes back. Master, he said, I knew, notice that I knew, I'm going to come back to that in just a moment, I knew that you are a hard man harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was, everybody say wrong mindset. And I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. Here's the thing that I want you to see. The, the master was the same master for all three men, correct? True? Not a different master. The first two never said anything about the guy being a hard man, did, he, did they? They had, didn't have that perspective of him at all. But somehow in the mind of this third guy, he viewed his employer from a negative perspective. And so out of that negative mindset, he began to generate or the origins of fear happened inside of him. And it caused him to hold back his development, to hold back the potential of his life. He said, I knew. He didn't really know. He thought. He didn't know that for a fact. The other two guys were blessed by the master. He was evidently a good guy because when he comes back, he praises them for what they'd done and gives them a reward for what they'd done. So this third man had a thought. He had a perspective. He had a mindset of limitations, a mindset of risk aversion, a mindset of fear in his life, and it rendered him really useless to the master and non-productive in his life. Every one of us have predominant mindsets. Can I ask you, what is the predominant mindset of your life? Are you more like the first two man, men or are you more like the third man? Where do our mindsets come from? They come from the events that happen in our life. They come from the experiences that we go through in life. They come from the exposures that we have to certain things in life. They come from our educational background and experiences that we've had there. It comes from the people around us. It comes from the stuff that you watch on television and that you look at on the Internet. It comes from all of these sources. I'll tell you somewhere else it comes from. It comes from the devil himself because the devil wants to build a mindset in you that will destroy and hinder your life from being everything that it needs to be. The Bible is very clear Jesus himself said the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. So we have an origin. Our mindsets come from somewhere. What is your mindset, your predominant mindset as you approach life, and where did it come from? What are the roots of those kinds of thinking that are negative in your life? Let's talk now, now about the second point. The second thing is we have to understand the consequences of our thought patterns. Was there a consequence in the third man's life? I challenge you this weekend to go back home and read the rest of that story in Matthew chapter 25. Because to the first two men that came back and one man had five and he made it ten, the other had two and he made it four, and they, the, the, the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Uh, you've been given much and you've multiplied it. I'm going to bless you with much more. That's a paraphrase of what's said there. But they're blessed in their experience because of the right mindset. But the third man, go and read about it. 
In fact, the, the master says, you wicked, lazy servant. And he took away from him the very gift that he had. There were consequences. And the same is true in your life as well. You are paying a price if you have a bad mindset. There's something happening in your life that doesn't need to happen in your life if, you're, if you have the wrong thought pattern going on inside of you. Look at what Romans 8 verse 6, we've looked at this before. I'm going to bring it back to your attention again. The mind, what? The mind governed by the flesh. If the flesh is in control of your mind, what's going to happen is death. But the same wording, but the mind governed by the Spirit. What is it? Life and peace. Do you see that your mind matters? What your mind is set on matters. There are consequences that go along with our thinking. Let's go now to the third point today. You and I need to learn how to examine our thought processes and our thought patterns. Examine. That's a key word you got to check out your thinking. We're not very good as human beings and certainly not as Christian believers many times at, at really checking our thinking, to really ask the question, is what I'm thinking really true or is what I'm thinking false? Is what I'm thinking accurate or inaccurate? It's what I'm thinking, is it appropriate or is it inappropriate? We could go on and on with these, these back and forth, but the whole idea is for you to know whether, they, whether your thoughts are one or the other, what do you have to do? What do you have to do? You have to examine them. If you don't examine your thinking, you'll just think it and think that it is true when it is not necessarily true. It may very well be false. It could be inaccurate in the way that you're thinking, but you have to pay attention. You have to examine your thinking. The way I like to say it is you have to think about your thinking because behind every unholy or unhealthy or unwholesome thought pattern is one big thing, one thing, and that's a big L-I-E. That's the kind of thinking that will get you in trouble, thinking that is based upon things that are not even true. And I'll just say this, don't believe everything you think. I told you recently in one of our messages, it may have been last week, don't believe everything you feel. I'm going to tell you this week, don't believe everything you think. Have your, have your thoughts ever lied to you? Have your thoughts ever told you that person didn't like you when you found out they didn't even really know you? Okay. Have your thoughts told you all kinds of things before that you, you bought into and you believed and you accepted as being true, only later to find out that those thoughts were not true at all? There were things that you'd built up inside of your own head and they'd been troubling you or creating all kind of agony in your life because you were thinking something, you had established something as true when it was not even true. So thoughts impact you when you believe them. That's how they're going to impact your life. And if you're going to believe a thought, it only makes sense to examine it, right? Because if you're not believing that which is true and accurate, then you're building your life on something that is inaccurate. Let me give you a few examples of the way that we think inaccurately at times. These are what I would call uh, untrue thought patterns. 
Sometimes we are thinking really is put in the form of superlatives. We think this always happens to me. Ever thought that way before? That person never speaks to me. These superlatives are always and never. You always do that. You know the truth of the matter is no, they don't. When you begin to use superlatives, what you're thinking is you're putting yourself in a no-win situation. Sometimes our thoughts are, 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 are as though we can read somebody else's mind. I know what you're thinking. No, you don't. How do you know what I'm thinking, okay? You ever said that to someone? I know what you're thinking. I can tell exactly what you're thinking because you now suddenly have become an incredible mind reader, okay? In your head, you start thinking, I know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. But we begin to think in these terms, and we get this hopeless kind of uh, foreboding in our mind. Oftentimes, we, we have thoughts that are disqualifying and discounting us. I can never do that kind of thing. I would never be, be able to accomplish this. These are the kind of thoughts that get inside of us, and we, we validate them as though they're true when they're not true at all. Do you know that the downfall of the world, going all the way back to the book of Genesis, came as a result of two people? People that believed a lie. The whole downfall of humanity goes all the way back to the book of Genesis where two people, Adam and Eve, the first created beings of God, they fell because they believed a lie. They didn't sin first. They believed a lie that led them to sin. It was a lie that led them to go and eat of the tree that God had told them not to eat of. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. We see this in operation. Now the serpent, and of course, who do we know the serpent was? The devil, Satan. Now the serpent was more crafty, deceiving, subtle, skilled in deceit. This is from the Amplified Version. Than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. And the serpent that is Satan said to the woman, can it really be that God has said? What is he introducing here? He's introducing a doubting of God. He's introducing the idea that maybe God really didn't say this after all. Maybe what you believed about God really isn't true. Can it really be that God has said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? So there's an introduction of doubt. There's an introduction of questioning God. There's a subtle lie being planted that God somehow has not said what he really did say. Take a look at what happens next here as we see in verses 4 and 5. But the serpent said to the woman, by the way, the biggest problem that started everything was listening to the serpent, Right? We all get in trouble when we listen to the adversary. The adversary will lead you down all kind of paths, and he loves to get in your head and tell you stuff that's not true, to lead you away from God, to break your love toward other people, to do all kinds of things. It's a serpent when we start listening to him that will get us into trouble. But the serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not die for God knows that on the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open. That is, you will have greater awareness, and you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. Do you see what's happening here in this very story? There's a lie that's being propagated. How many lies about God? How many lies about yourself? How many lies about other people? How many lies about life have you accepted as true when they're really false and you're suffering a mindset because of it? And it's robbing you from everything that God has in store for you. Let's go back now to our fourth point. 
And our final point where we'll spend most of our time today, and that's this, you and I need to make a decision to do what? Read it with me. Say it with me again, circled. Take back. Take back. What are you going to take back? When a lie gets planted in your head, there's a stronghold that begins to develop, and the adversary loves to reinforce that stronghold. And you and I as Christians, if we're going to experience the joy and the peace that God has in store for us, as we have to take back territory. Do you remember the children of Israel when they went into the promised land? There were seven enemies that were against the Israelites, and they had to actually go in. It was not just an easy cakewalk when they went in. They had to go in and fight some battles. And there's a promised land for your life as well, but the promised land is going to require you and I fighting some battles. We have to take back mental territory. And the only way to take back mental territory that the adversary has in your life is you have to do what the title of tonight's message is. You have to eliminate what? Eliminate the lies. They have to be addressed. You have to eliminate the lies. You have to... I'll say it this way. You need some truth medication. Okay? That's what you need. You need truth medication. You got to create some new thought patterns that are holier and healthier so that you begin to create the right kind of running board in your mind, the right kind of, the right kind of ruts in your mind. And so you have to renew that part of your life. That's why the Apostle Paul says this in 2 Corinthians. We read it before in this series. We're coming back to some of these passages because they're so important. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What are these strongholds? We're just about to learn because the Bible tells us. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The strongholds that are most prominent in our lives as Christians, keeping us from being all that God wants us to be, or certainly moving forward in our journey, have to do with the thoughts that we need to take captive. Captive. We need to recuperate, if you will. We need to take back territory in the mental dimension of life. So I'm going to share with you uh, several ways, actually, tonight, seven ways that you can begin this process. Are you ready to learn how to do this, right? This is very important tonight. This is really the practical part of tonight's message. I'm going to take about 10 to 15 minutes on this part of the message. So listen really, really closely because this will show you exactly how to take the steps. Number one, you have to change your mental diet. If you came to see me, if I was a, phys- if I was a, a, a medical doctor and you had certain medical problems and I knew that all you needed to do is all you needed to do was change your diet. And I told you if you just change your diet... This issue will go away. It will be diminished in your life. It certainly will uh, make you uh, more healthy or perhaps even completely bring healing to your life. And all you need to do is change your diet. I'm telling you tonight that one of the things, if you want to change your thinking, you can't change your thinking eating the same mental food you've always ate. Can't do it. You got to eat different mental food. How do you eat mental food? You eat mental food by what you feed your mind. And how do you feed your mind? You feed your mind by television. You feed your mind by what you read. You feed your mind by what you pay attention to on the internet. You feed your mind by the conversations that you have with people. 
interactions that you have with people. You feed your mind by your own thought process, what you meditate on. All those things are ways that you're eating. You don't realize it, but your mind eats. Did you know that? Just like your body eats, your mind eats. And you're, just like your body can get addicted to, to, to junk food, your mind can get addicted to junk thinking. You can read certain things and engage in certain kind of media that you watch, and before long, you're addicted to that thing in your head. It gets addicted in your mind, and that's all you long for. That's all you long after because it's an addiction. That's how people get hooked on things like pornography. It becomes an addiction in your mind. There's certain things that happen even chemically that goes along with the process, and so you're not going to change your thinking and get a healthier way of thinking without changing your mental diet. Let me just tell you, Sometimes you just need to turn the television off. That was a pitiful amen. Okay. Sometimes you need to turn the news off. Because the news feeds you trash all the time. You know what? what the, we've got 24-hour news cycles now. We've got 24-hour uh, news programs. And they're, they're always looking for something sensational to get your thinking, uh, to, to attract you, to somehow listen. Everything is another major thing happening. And, and so before long, it'll, it'll stir your thinking up in a negative way. I'm not saying you, you shouldn't stay aware of, 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 the, uh, of regular activities in the wor wor world. I'm just saying you don't need to feed yourself that stuff all all the time because what's happening, it's getting in, that's what you're eating. You're eating that, okay? And I could go on and on about the different things that are vital to our process, but you got to change. We have to change our mental habits. Find something healthy to watch. Find something healthy to read. Let's start with our Bibles. How about that? Sound like a good idea? Okay. Let's start there, all right? And so we could talk about so many aspects, but, but you're, just remember this, your mind eats. As soon as you're watching something or reading something or engaging in some conversation, your mind is eating, it's eating. And so what are you addicted to? Do you have a healthy diet? Here's our second thing, all right? You got to get acquainted with truth. That's God's truth, okay? You got to get acquainted with truth. God is truth. He's truth. And you got to know what God says about himself. You got to know what God says about you. You've got to know what God says about the way you're supposed to relate to other people. You've got to know what God says about the right perspective of life. You need to get acquainted with God's perspective because the world skews God's perspective. The devil skews God's perspective. Just like he did with Adam and Eve. We saw it just a moment ago. Did God really say are you sure he said that? Are you sure he's really like that? Are you sure you're really supposed to love everybody? Are you sure that you're supposed to be kind and patient? Are you, are you sure? And you could just go on and on with all the suggestions the adversary will bring to us or that we will generate ourselves. And we don't, if we don't have something to combat that with that is solid and sure, we will fall victim to it. You've got to get acquainted with truth. What does God say about himself? What does God say about you? What does God say about the way you and I should relate to one another? What does God say about the perspective? we're to have in life. Now, this is where I want to take a moment because you should have received tonight on the way in 
a copy of this book. Do you have this book? If you don't have it, raise your hand. The ushers will get copies to you right away. One, if you don't mind, just one copy per person. Uh, by the way, if you want extra copies, they do have some extra ones for sale uh, out, in the, uh, out in the foyer, I believe, tonight after church. Uh, but this is, this is your gift tonight. We want to give this to you because we want to invest in your mental health, okay? We want to invest in your mental health, okay? And, and this will help you mentally, and it's called 21 Days to a Better Way of Thinking. And it's a journal. That's all it is. It's a, it's a journal process. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and everybody get it out. And by the way, if you're watching online, the chat host will tell you how to download a, a, a Kindle version of this for free uh, for tonight. It's available for you as well. But turn, if you will, uh, just to, to, to day one. Let's look at day one together. Can you do that for me? I'm going to show you how to get acquainted with God's truth. Let's look at this together. Why don't we read, these are, there are 21 affirmations. I wrote a book a couple of years ago called Unleashed. This is similar to that, but a little bit different in the way we've done it, because this is a bit more of a journal. You need to participate with this. And I'll tell you in a few moments the reason why that is so important. Why don't you read with me the affirmation of day one? Would you read it together with me? Let's read. Here we go. God's word is true and reliable. Now, is that a true statement? So anytime any situation comes up that is inconsistent with God's Word, inconsistent with His revealed Word, is, is it to be accepted? No. Because God's Word is true and God's Word is reliable. Then you have three passages that are there. And here's what we want you to do. We want you to take 21 days. I'll come back to that in a moment. And one, one a day. And all we want you to do is just to affirm this and to read that out loud multiple times during the day. I declare that God's Word is true and reliable. Say it with me. I declare that God's Word is true and reliable. How do I know that? Because Joshua 21, 45 says, not a single one of all the good promises the Lord has given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he has said came true. I declare Psalm 18 verse 30, God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. I proclaim Psalm 119 verse 160, the sum total of your words adds up to absolute truth and every one of your right Righteous decrees is everlasting. Okay? So you declare this. Just it's, and say it out loud because what you're, you're feeding your mind and you're feeding your spirit and you're feeding your soul. Now, here's what you'll do after you've done that at least once a day. We encourage you to now go to the next page. Go to page six for me. Your next page there, it says, it gives you a space there. What do these affirmations mean to me? As you've read them, we want you to actually get a pencil, a pen, and write down here. Why? Because you learn, it's been proven, that what you write sticks with you longer than something you just acknowledge. And in fact, uh, some research has been done that even reading, uh, reading tech, uh, books on, on an iPad or, or some kind of device like that, you have less retention than by reading or writing something actually in a physical form. 
I'm not going to make a big point of that, but this is a good practice for you. So you take a moment. What what does it mean to me that it says that God's word is true and reliable? And what do these verses mean to me? And then the next one, my personal affirmation for today. I'm going to get to that one in just a moment. And then uh, the, the, the rest of it we'll cover in just a bit. But this is how you'll go through 21 days utilizing this to help you think in a more healthy way to get acquainted with God's truth. Here's the next thing that you need to do, and it goes along with the book that you'll see there as you follow along with me in that book. Practice gratitude and praise. I'll show you why. Because when you choose to think about what you're grateful for, you're creating the right patterns in your mind. Because I I guarantee you, you can think about all those things that you don't like about your life and all those things you're frustrated with, but start thinking about what you're grateful for. Scientists, again, have proven the fact that just using a gratitude journal can completely change your perspective of life. And so what it does is it makes you think, what what am I grateful for? I have to think about that for a moment and then write it down. What are at least three things that I'm grateful for today. And I assure you, you can have far more than that. Then practice serving. You write down, how am I going to serve somebody today? Why is this important? You say, Pastor, you're talking about thinking. Why do you say you got to serve? Because I promise you this, most of your thinking is about you. Okay? You get so caught up, as do I, in all of my problems and all the stuff I've got to do and all the things that are burdening me and are concerning me that it's really easy for me to forget about you because I'm all on me. And the same is true for all of us. And so if I'm going to get a better pattern of thinking, I have to do something different. If you stay the same way, if you don't change these habits, it's never going to change. Your, it's not, your, your patterns of thinking will never change. And so I choose, I'm going to write down, here are some things today I know that I'm going to do specifically in terms of service. I'm going to find such and such a person and give them a call. I'm going to send a text message of encouragement. I'm going to help somebody do this. And so you write down every day, here are some things I'm going to do to serve. And so you practice serving. It gets your mind off of you and your mind onto others. It changes your thinking. And then consistently declare God's truth. I talked about that a few moments ago. I'll just mention it briefly here. To declare is to speak out loud. You need to hear yourself because it's something that happens not just to read it and think it, but actually to speak it out loud. I read a verse of scripture this week Actually, today I came across it. You might want to write down this verse uh, in, in your notes there in Romans chapter 10, verse 8. It says, the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. Romans 10, verse 8. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. And so when you declare it, you're actually helping that word get into your heart. Here we go with just a couple of more. Here's the next one. Develop and declare personal affirmations based on God's truth. What is a personal affirmation? As a general affirmation, this is what this statement means to me. And then you may have a personal affirmation of, you know, maybe today I'm struggling with fear. Maybe you have a particular issue that's going on in your life that day. And so you're going to take some time and think about what God has to say about what you're you're working on in your life. It may not be relevant to the very thing that's been uh, for that day, but let's say that you're going through a day and you've got a big deal coming up and you're really worried about it, maybe a big presentation at work or something else happening in your life. And so even though the declaration for the day 
may not have addressed that. You're going to write your own declaration saying, today I will trust in my God. I know that he will help me in this presentation. I'm having confidence that he will give me the strength. And I do not have the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And you write that out and you declare it. Your personal declarations based upon the truth of God's word. You understand what I'm saying there about that? Okay. All right. I'm just trying to help you here. Okay. Trying to help me actually. And then the last thing that you do is what? You ever read your, your shampoo bottle? If you really read your shampoo bottle, you'd still be in the shower. Because it's wash, rinse. Some of you haven't read your bottle, okay? That's what it says. Wash, rinse, and at least many bottles do. Wash, rinse, and repeat. Why? I don't know. I guess they want to sell a lot of shampoo, I suppose, okay? But the idea of repeating is something that we don't, don't do very often. The book that you have in your hand says 21 days to a better way of thinking, right? But I'm just going to, for, for the sake of full disclosure, I'm going to help you to know 21 days is not going to do it all for you, okay? It'll get you started. There's an old myth that says to start a new habit, you need 21 days. Well, actually, research has proven that you need over 60 days to actually prove, start a new habit, okay, to get a really new habit reestablished in you. So here's what we want you to do. We want you to go through 21 days of that book and then do what? Rinse and repeat. You complete the second cycle around and then you rinse and repeat. After three times through that book, you've begun to think differently about your life. You've begun to think differently about God. You've begun to think differently about other people. You've begun to think differently about the world around you. It begins to, it's going to, it'll take you about 60 days or so to begin to get some new ruts in your brain. Turn to that neighbor beside you. You need some new ruts. Tell them you need some new ruts, okay? You got to have some new ruts, okay? But they won't form if you just do it like for three or four days. What's going to happen? You'll feel good for three or four days. You'll start, hey, this is great. But just like anything else, it's not, it, that's where the Bible says we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. It's interesting that Paul used the terminology renewing. That is an ongoing, continuous process. It's not a one-time thing that happens in your life. It's an ongoing, continuous process in your life. So what is it time to do? It's time to change your mind, and we do that by eliminating the lies. Would you pray with me tonight? Father, we thank you for your word. We're grateful for the scriptures. We're grateful for the word of God. We're grateful for your love for us. Lord, we come tonight, Lord, thanking you that you've helped, you help us through your word to understand how to better live and how to better think. So, Lord, I pray that as we begin this journey together over these next 21, 42, 63 days, Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us, Lord, to begin to develop the right kind of thinking so that we will be full of joy and full of peace and full of the presence of your Holy Spirit. For that we thank you in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus... I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. 
Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.